Good evening. I'm Tim. And I'm Lulu. Welcome to Bow Church for our Advent Reflections. This evening we're going to take a little bit of time together to pause and pray and to encounter God. We're looking at the great Advent theme of hope. And as the author Glenn Packham says, Advent is when the remembered joy of Christ's first arrival awakens the anticipated joy of his second arrival. Last week, we looked at the idea that hope speaks. This week, we're reading Isaiah chapter 40. It was written by the prophet Isaiah over two and a half thousand years ago to a people, the people of Israel in exile, who were longing for their God to rescue them and return them to their homeland. This week, hope renews. Wherever you are, whatever kind of day or week you've had, welcome God. Imagine that the God of the universe, the one who made oceans and planets, is right where you are. And with him comes this incredible sense of peace. Tell him that he's welcome. Be still before him. Let his peace fill you. Amen. Do you ever look at the world and think, is this right? I mean, is this how it should be? I mean, we know deep down that, that something's up, right? I mean, otherwise, why do we lock our front doors when we leave the house? There is something up. There's sadness, there's sickness, there's racism, poverty. There's something up with the world. Sin as a word has lost so much meaning. I mean, in marketing, it's mainly to do with chocolate and sex, right? It's a little bit naughty. Otherwise, it's the shrill voice of a religious bystander observing. But actually, it's what's wrong with the world. More than COVID-19, more than racism, more than selfishness, the virus at the heart of the human race is sin. One writer, Francis Spufford, talks about the HPTFTU. That's his nickname for sin. It stands for the human propensity to something things up. I think you can probably guess what the missing F word there is, but the HPTFTU is in all of us. The fact is we're all connected. So the big stuff and the small stuff that's wrong is actually all interconnected. So global warming, the selfishness in our own hearts, and then the in-between stuff, like the argument you had with your brother last night, everything is all connected. 
I guess it's easier to think of what's wrong with the world being out there, but it's actually also in here. And this thing, sin, is what disconnects us from God. That's where the word repentance comes in. Repentance, like sin, sounds cold and clinical and religious, but actually it's something that brings about the most amazing freedom. The prophet Isaiah wrote this. In the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Repentance is the straightening out of all that is crooked. It's the way that sin gets dealt with. It literally means a turning around. So when we say sorry to God, we get to leave all the things that have been bad, our sin, and turn around into extraordinary life and joy. It is when we repent that we are able to experience all of the hope and flourishing that God has for us. The passage we just heard begins with these words. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. For Christians, this all happens at the cross. It's where sin is dealt with. It's where we receive forgiveness. Grace is a gift. We receive forgiveness. It's not about polishing ourselves up, presenting our best, but bringing the worst of who we are and receiving forgiveness because at the cross, that's where our sin was paid for. Repentance is where crooked things become straight, where we turn around, where our sin is forgiven and it's a key that unlocks a door of hope. So what do we need to repent for? Lord God, I long for the new wonderful life that you have for me. Would you show me the things that get in the way of life with you? I admit that I have done wrong and I choose to say sorry. Imagine you're in front of Jesus on the cross. Lay your sin down at his feet. Trust that he has taken it.
There's another side to the story. In this world of sin, humans laugh. We make pasta, we make babies, we compose symphonies and construct skyscrapers. As well as being broken, fragile, selfish, sinful, we are also bold, courageous, creative, kind. Humans are amazing. The great Austrian psychiatrist, Viktor Frankl, survivor of the Holocaust, reflects on his time in concentration camps. And he says that the most surprising thing was that things like art, love, and even humor remained. Even in the presence of the most extreme evil you can imagine, humans still sang songs, remembered the ones they loved, and told jokes. Humans are more than the propensity to get things wrong. Humans are more than HBT, FTU. The good things in life point to the reality of God's original goodness before sin. But more than that, they make us long for a world without sin and suffering. But what if the fact that we long for this means that maybe it's possible? Perhaps there is more to be had, a world without sin and suffering. Later on in the passage, Isaiah writes, do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He is the creator who never gives up on creation. And as we looked at last week, through Jesus, he is recreating all things. So our longings reveal the end of the story, to be with God without sin. But repentance has brought us into direct relationship with God. So how does that end affect the here and now? How do we participate with the future? Every valley shall be raised up every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. When I was 19, I was at art school in Edinburgh. I had just discovered Jesus in my life, in all his fullness, and it was like my world had suddenly been turned on into technicolor. And I started to experience what I would now call was God speaking to me. My mind would often be filled with pictures, with words, colors, senses, ideas about things, and people and places that God loved and cared for and was beginning to show me how to love and care for. One day, God spoke to me about the city of Edinburgh. I saw the extinct volcano called Arthur's Seat erupting over the city. There was an explosion and then this plume of ash which went up over the city, spread out over it, and then rained down, settling upon it. Now, if you know Edinburgh, the city has many, many hills in it. It's a nightmare if you have a bike. 
And I saw in this picture the ash settling down into all the valleys and hills and crevices until the land was completely smooth. And then new life began to grow up out of it. I don't think God was talking to me about destroying the city. I think he loves Edinburgh. But I think he was sharing an idea about what it would look like for his new creation to grow there. The ground was being ready for his life. So I painted a picture of a volcano exploding over the city. And it's a picture not of destruction, but of epic transformation. It's a picture of what might happen if God came upon a city, of the moment when God acted. The city would be utterly changed. Like the impact of an exploding volcano, it would totally rewrite the landscape. Take a moment now to imagine with God. What would it mean for a volcano to go off in our hearts or in the village or city that we live? What would it mean if God showed up? If he came to rewrite the landscape, bring us to repentance and make space for the extraordinary life that he has for each of us and our communities. It would reform and renew every part of who we are, every place we step. We would still be us, but more more joyful, more full, more colourful, more alive. Ask God to show you now what it would look like. God to bring it about. Lord God, would you come and fill my life and the places I care about with your extraordinary hope and joy. As we draw to a close, what about hope? Well, though we live in a sinful world, because of Jesus' death on the cross, we can be forgiven. We have alignment with God. But because of Jesus' resurrection, we have alignment with God's future, the day when all things will be made new. Repentance brings us into that reality so that the future breaks out amongst us now. 
But whilst we're waiting for that renewal to be completed, sometimes we get tired. Isaiah chapter 40 finishes with these words. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you bring strength to the weary, that you give hope to our hearts, that you comfort us, that you strengthen the weak. I pray, Lord God, that now you would come that you would fill us with comfort, joy, strength, and hope. Put your hope in Jesus and feel his eagle's wings lift you. The renewal of your strength, hope reinvigorating your life, new purpose, new energy. Hope renews. Amen. Amen.